So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Go. Ta-da! <laughs> Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave. Semicolon. Um... Notice Tolans and the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Yeah. So welcome to Feature Creep. Uh, I'm Ned and this is Meg. And Hello. Today we're going to talk a little bit about this obscure dictionary of, well, this book called The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, which interestingly comes out um, this month, I think. And it's a book, as you might have been wondering. Um, so it's a book by, uh, let's see. So the author, uh, John Koenig, is a video maker, graphic designer, and voiceover artist from Minnesota who lives in Minneapolis. Yeah, his name might be pronounced Koenig. Koenig, okay. Yeah. Um, and anyway, there's, uh, the, the website dictionary of com, which has lots of these interesting definitions. Um, so for instance, uh, the, let's find one, um, the word velicor, hmm. that's V E L L I C H O R. Uh, is a noun, the strange wistfulness of used bookstores, which are somehow infused with a passage of time, filled with thousands of old books you'll never have time to read, each of which is itself locked in its own era, bound and dated and papered over like an old room the author abandoned years ago, a hidden mm. annex littered with thoughts just le left just as they were on the day they were captured. So that kind of, you know, it's just got, it it uh, most of the words are made up occasionally some of them are not but um all of the definitions are unique to an idea that's pretty narrow in scope which i find i i appreciate yes the specificity yeah the specificity of it when all. you told me about this particular entry the yes. notice tolens i was a little bit confused because that is very close to a phrase in Latin modus tollens, which is used in formal logic. And I was like, oh, this is this whole thing. And you're like, no, no, it's not that. And I'm like, no, it really is. It's this whole thing. <laughs> you're like, no, no, it's a different thing. I'm like, well, that's not a word. And then I was like, oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah. So some of the phrases or words that he comes up with are an amalgamation or inspired by words that already exist or yeah. are not far off from existing words, but mean something completely separate or unrelated or distant. Mm -hmm. Um for example, one that I I just flipped to uh, digitally online because I don't we don't have a copy of it in front of us. Yeah, is the word ostis spelled A U S T I C E as opposed to auspice, mm -hmm. which is A U S P I C E. Uh, ostis with a T is in Tom as defined by the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows is a wistful omen of the first sign of autumn. So autumn and auspice together which mm -hmm. is an omen result in ostis with a t which is not far from either of those words which i thought was pretty cute so yeah yeah um, a subtle coolness in the shadows a rustling of dead leaves abandoned on the sidewalk or a long skein of geese sweeping over your head like the second hand of a clock a-u-s-t-i-c-e ostis mm -hmm. yeah and the uh the word or the description the notice notice tolens um that originally drew me to this website. And I'm not, I'm not sure how I found this because uh, we, we dug this out of the archives of podcast titles. So mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure I stumbled across this, but the definition for notice Tolens is 
the realization that the plot of your life doesn't make sense to you anymore, that although you thought you were following the arc of the story, you keep finding yourself immersed in passages you don't understand that don't even seem to belong in the same genre, which requires you to go back and reread the chapters you had originally skimmed to get to the good parts, only to learn that all along you were supposed to choose your own adventure. I like that one. Yeah, I really, I for me, like the the description of it is like obviously the meat and potatoes, the the word itself is less meaningful to me though i i do appreciate that it caught your attention and we the the shift of one letter from n to m and it has a different meaning um anyway uh yeah i i really like that one a lot i really like mm-hmm. that one captures a lot of my feelings and frustrations with my own existence and yeah um yeah just i don't know it's a good one um yeah, so it's... I like this one. Yeah. Agnesthesia. Agnes. The state of not knowing how you really feel about something, which forces you to sift through clues hidden in your behavior as if you were some other person, noticing a twist of acid in your voice and obscene amount of effort put into something trifling or an inexplicable weight on your shoulders that makes it difficult to get out of bed. I If, uh, you're, if you're agnostic about something, you're of no mind about it. And what's the, what's the word? Uh, agnesthesia. Agnesthesia. I really like this. I think... Um, Sthesia, of course, being related to sensation and feeling. Mm-hmm. Agnesthesia. Yeah, I like this one. I relate to it in many ways. Um, where some things... Some things that I I continue to do in my life or like sort of continue to hold like living in this city or like, you know, things where it's like, there's probably better things out there, mm. but it's hard for me to really know how I feel. Like, you know, when I ask myself, like, do you want to stay here or do you want to like yeah. m- move somewhere else? And, um, or just, you know, day to day stuff. Like what, what do you want to eat? Do you actually really like this, you know, thing you're eating right now? Yeah. And where sometimes it's, it's confused like the raw feeling of it is covered up by all of the like baggage and drama of a life lived (laughs) having you know and being like you know well i always like blueberries we don't always have to like blueberries blueberries Mm -hmm. you can you know like them one day and not the next and that's fine Mm -hmm. yeah you're allowed yeah you're permitted anyway i don't know it's it's that it's interesting i think i think the a lot of these um a lot of these, as I read more and more of the definitions and the words, uh, belays a kind of a particular kind of method for writing, um, which is nice. Like they're formulaic is a is a positive criticism. Like I enjoy that there's like a pattern that he the author is kind of stuck to, right? Like mm-hmm. this is you know like you'd write stanzas of poetry or something, yeah. Um, yeah. I like uh Y tie. Why tie? Mm-hmm. It's a noun. A feature of modern society that suddenly strikes you as absurd and grotesque. From zoos and milk drinking to organ transplants, life insurance and fiction. Uh-huh. Part of the faint background noise of absurdity that reverberates from the moment our ancestors first crawled out of the slime, but could for n- could not for the life of them remember what they got up to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's amazing uh, yeah that's interesting um i like this use of a known word keyframe mm, okay a moment that seemed innocuous at the time but ended up mark- marking a diversion into a strange new era of your life set in motion not by a series of jolting epiphanies but by tiny imperceptible differences between one ordinary day and the next until entire years of your memory can be compressed into a handful of inedible images which prevents you from rewinding the past but allows you to move forward without endless buffering there's a lot going on in there yeah that's a lot of imagery yeah um i think the suggestion so the first part tracks fine, right? Like it reads kind of, I, I, I think most people 
kind of get the idea of there being some moment that suddenly you've been diverted into a very strange, strange new era of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he goes on to say set in motion, not by a series of jolting epiphanies, but by tiny imperceptible differences between one ordinary day and the next until entire years of your memory can be compressed into a handful of indelible images which prevents you from rewinding the past, but allows you to move forward without endless buffering. So is the idea that you live, you live your life over a year, like doing the same thing, Uh working the same thing, but over time, small, tiny changes happen so that at the end of the year, it's hard to rewind back all the way through it because it's so similar. Mm-hmm. I I mean I'm I think I'm trying to understand what he's saying here. Like so that it's so similar that you you really can't rewind back and now you're just kind of stuck like, well, here I am in the future. Must move forward. Mm. I don't know. Somehow It's one of the more confusing ones. It is I like it sort of suggests to me that there's this like concept of like emotional healing or like this idea of like like putting time in your memory in a way that puts distance between your past and your current existence such that now you're free of the endless buffering of reliving the past because thinking back is the same as living now. And so you spend less time <laughs> like thinking in your past. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like you've spent a year like normalizing yourself to a point where you're like, okay, like I, you know, this is my life now. I go right. to the cafe on Thursday, yep, this do is whatever, what I do. like this is what I do. I have my, my working environment. No, after given enough time, that becomes your normal, I guess. I don't know. It's, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Anyway, I think it's an interesting one. I, I enjoy it. Um, there's so many really good ones in here. Um, it's, oh, here's a good one. So dead reckoning. Yeah. To find yourself bothered by someone's death more than you would have expected as if you assumed they would always be part of the landscape, like a lighthouse you could pass by for years until the night. It suddenly goes dark, leaving you with one less landmark to navigate navigate by still able to find your bearings but feeling all that much more adrift. Mm. I feel like a lot of these kind of hit this way where it's sort of like you walk into it with an expectation of like, oh, okay, like bothered by someone's death more than you would have expected. Yeah. Um, but then like to go on and say like, you know, sometimes when people leave this world, you realize how much of a lighthouse they were to you or like how much they mm-hmm. were a landmark that you sort of moved by in regular, yeah. you know, regular fashion. Yeah. Um, I like this one noun liberosis, the desire to care less about things. Nice. That one is really good. Well, that one has, it goes on. It's good. To loosen your grip on your life. Yeah. Yeah. To, to the desire to care less about things, to loosen your grip on your life. Yeah. To stop glancing behind you every few steps, afraid that someone will snatch it from you before you reach the end zone. Rather to hold your life loosely and playfully like a volleyball, keeping it in the air with only quick fleeting interventions, bouncing freely in the hands of trusted friends, always in play. I hate volleyball. It's painful. It's, yes. I don't yes. want to play that. I don't like the image of my life as a volleyball. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like the image of my life as a hot air balloon crashing into some high tension overhead power lines and dumping five people below to their fiery deaths on the <laughs> pavement and grass. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Including some unwitting tourists, a police officer, and the pilot of the... Mm-hmm. Balloon, right? <laughs> um, how about how about I don't know. What are some other ones? Um, God, some of these just smack of like like particular life experience. Yeah. So this one, Midsummer. 
A feast celebrated on the day of your 26th birthday, which marks the point at which your youthful final with your in which sorry, which <laughs> marks the point at which your youth finally expires as a valid excuse when you must begin harvesting your crops, even if they're barely if they've barely taken root and the point at which the days will begin to feel shorter as they pass until even the pollen in the air reminds you of the coming snow. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I just like this sort of like specificity of this is your, th- there's only one point this really applies, which is your 26th birthday. Right, right then. That's when you feel this. Yeah. If you didn't feel it then. You've missed out. You've missed out. Um, And I like how. <laughs> you know i like how like it just devolves into like and then the days will just start to move faster and faster and like you have nothing to look forward to you'll just everything will remind you of the depressing coming death yep. disappointment disappointment so this one's an interesting one that i yes. came across um i was like oh this sounds very japanese right yeah kuebiko a state of exhaustion inspired by acts of senseless violence which force you to revise your image of what can happen in this world. Uh, so, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, bursting at the seams, but powerless to do anything but stand there and watch. So I was like, this sounds really interesting. Like, yeah. what what could Kuebiko mean? So I Googled it, and Kuebiko is the Shinto, or Japanese um, sort of like folk wisdom. Uh, the Shinto... Uh, god of wisdom, knowledge, and agriculture, and is rep- represented in Japanese mythology as a scarecrow uh-huh. who cannot walk but has comprehensive awareness. Um, and so, a state of exhaustion inspired by acts of senseless violence, which force you to revise your image of what can happen in this world. Uh, mending the fences of your expectations, weeding out all unwelcome and invasive truths, cultivating the perennial good that's buried under the surface. And propping yourself up like an old scarecrow who's bursting at the seams, but powerless to do anything but stand there and watch. That's awesome. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I like this one too. Semaphorism. I was just looking at that. A conversational hint that you have something personal to say on the subject, but don't go any further. I think this is also very passive aggressive. Yes. Yeah. An emphatic nod, a half told anecdote, enigmatic. I know the feeling which you place into conversations like those little flags that warn diggers of something buried underground. Maybe a cable that secretly powers your house. Maybe a fiber octopus link to some foreign country. (laughs) And my little note in addition to this, if you dig and run into it, it will kill you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is such a... So the first ever hard copy of this is coming out Yeah, in September of 2021 or October of 2021. We're right on the cusp as we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, according to the website, November 16th, 2021. Okay. From Simon & Schuster. Great. Yeah. I just burped green Ooh. tea. Ew. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh so yeah, clever clever word stuff. That's always good. Yeah. It's it's just really it this reminds me that we need to um while you're here. So uh did we already say who we are? I think we did. Ned and Meg. Ned and Meg. Yep. We are the people who make feature creep colon built-in microwave semicolon whatever the title is conversations on the semi-regular yes on the semi-regular we were doing pretty solid there till someone fucked up and i'm not going to mention any names ned but if we did we'd know who he was um (laughs) and uh we'll we'll get back to it we're getting back to it it's fine it's fine we only missed a few um it's all good yeah but it's there are okay. rules and it's, com- it's competition. Here's one that I like because it sounds like German, but it's yes. obviously not exactly German. Mauerbauer Traurigkeit. Oh, nice. The inexplicable urge to push people away. Nice. That that describes me. Uh-huh. Get 
the fuck away from like me. An inexplicable urge. Ugh. Um. Well, uh, what else have we got to talk about? It's it's well, it's October first. It's turning into October first. Yep. Back where I usually am, it's already October first, but here it's just become October first. Just now. Um. We have made it past the first frost date in Minnesota with no frost yet. Oh. Which is great because my flowers are growing. I planted something like 30 perennials in my yard recently, and it's rained a little bit, and I wanted to get them in the ground before it rained so that they would get nice and rained in and then spread their little feetsies out. Yeah. And uh, it looks like it's working. Fantastic. Wee. Wee. More food for the bees. Bees are great. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, uh, I forget. I oh. Um. Well, it was just making me think we should also get on with the book. Did I say that already? With the book we have, we just need to put the. Yeah, we've been talking about that for a long time. We still need to do. There's these like so, somewhat like onerous next steps that we have to take it's not just like we're being lazy and like wow we just haven't done it yet yeah because you explained to me i was like because i was thinking we were just being lazy and oh we just hadn't done it yet and i was like so what do we have to do now like i'll just do it and then i'm like oh i can't do any of those things because it requires like somebody who's skilled in graphic design to like put some things where they don't exist currently and then also like a few trial and error things and then some other stuff and i was like yeah so (laughs) maybe it's worth it, it may even be worth it at this point for me to just fly out here specifically on a trip to do that and no no other objectives right except this one fucking thing yeah and then anything else will be like cake icing yep yeah like frosting you can swim in yeah because it's i i feel i funny funny enough like actually if we got on that we could have the book available by christmas probably which is what our original goal was the two Two years years ago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we're like that's okay we'll just let it out whenever in the well, summer i mean we have to so we're hyper productive people yeah and um i think we need to cut ourselves some flat slack for the fact that there was like a, a show-stopping pandemic in the middle of basically yes. all of our plans which i kind of forget about like yeah we were like we're gonna do all this amazing shit and then three months later yes everything was like no you're not yeah and uh so there was that so, little hiccup it's not like it's it's not entirely owed to our slacking that it's not done yet. Right, right. And I mean, the person who can do some of the work that we need to do to move on to the next steps of actually publishing this book was someone that we couldn't be around Yeah. during the yep. pandemic. And right. so it was like, well, you can only do just so much. Yeah. It's like this just so many things so onerous in the very last stages here. So yeah. it's like the classic, like the last 10% you have to put in as much energy as the first 90%. Right. Right. That's where we're at. But yeah. I mean, the book's written. We just have to do the annoying shit, the administrative stuff. It'll, yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen. That's fine. I I'm excited. I I'm excited for this this guy um and this book. I just it's it's clearly like a pretty I you can read so many of these online at his website dictionaryofobscuresorrows.com. Um and it's it's pretty great. Like I mean they're all like really well thought through and Yes. Yeah. I mean, this guy can't be a complete idiot. He now lives in Minneapolis, so. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. Some of these are just like, so lap year. Yes. The age at which you become older than your parents were when you were born, which signals that your leg of the relay race has already begun. Having coasted in their slipstream as they tackled the mountain stages of life leaving you strong energetic and deeply mortified by their loud yellow jerseys yeah i that last part doesn't i guess i guess we're sticking with the relay race metaphor right yeah yeah so here's something frequently asked question yeah are these words real or do you make them up nice both they're real words that are made up by me (laughs) i use the standard of realness established by lexicographer aaron mckean 
people say to me, how do I know if a word is real? You know, anyone who's read a children's book knows that love makes things real. If you love a word, use it. That makes it real. Being in the dictionary is an arbitrary distinction. It doesn't make a word any more real than any other way. If you love a word, it becomes real. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Also, fuck you, uh, literally has one meaning and you can't just change it willy-nilly. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, my, what did, <laughs> there was another podcast title we were pondering. Oh, yeah. Which one was it? Like, it's definitely arson. Yes, it's definitely arson. That's what came up in in my mind when like love means different things to different people. Uh, it's definitely arson. It's definitely arson. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, great. Oh, I don't and even this yeah. this frequently asked question. How do I pronounce them? And the response is, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> As with words like caramel and pajamas, there are many possible pronunciations. <laughs> All are acceptable. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> this is delightful. Um, there, I like these books that sort of seem whimsical, but on some level are a, a, a rather serious undertaking. Yeah. If from no other angle than the sheer volume and mm -hmm. time and yeah. effort put in, I like how some of them are conjunct or not conjunctions, but just recom recombinant words from some existent existing language. Yeah. Um, but some of them are like really good. Like they're spot on. Like they yeah. should absolutely be enter this. into Yeah. The normal lexicon. Yeah. And popular. be used yeah. regularly. Yes. They're just so so great. Yep. Yeah. They're really they're really great. One I, of the things I like about English is this sort of malleability. Yes. Yeah. Likewise. There's um there's this word that I I like so deep gut. I like the definition a lot of this one. Mm -hmm. An emotion you haven't felt in years that you might have forgotten about completely if your emotional playlist hadn't been left on shuffle. Ah. And yeah. It's just kind of like I just that concept of like, oh shit, right. Like being surprised by how you feel, especially as you get older. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to get locked into like kind of an emotional playlist like loop. Yeah. That's why you just need to have the occasional trauma flashback. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, that's my methodology for keeping things fresh. Exactly. <laughs> hey, remember that time that horrible thing happened? Uh-huh. Gosh, where did that come from? <laughs> right. <laughs> where am I? I think I need to sit down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, uh, should we talk about something else? Should we talk about? Gosh, we went sailing just recently. We did go sailing. Yes, highly recommend sailing as an activity. I think there's sort of a whole set of um words that you could come up with to describe the experiences that you have sailing on a boat that you may have had parallel experiences in your life, but they were in other settings. Like, I don't know. I've seen plenty of sunsets, but never from a boat in the middle of the water. And then it got really black and dark and like kind of spooky all around, except that the city skyline was then really beautiful and lit up the water. And so it was like, Oh, well this is not half bad after all. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Like I, the whole time we were in that tiny little sailboat, it's not tiny. No, but it is. It's, but it's a tiny boat. Like you wouldn't want to try and sail just anywhere with it. Right. It's a it's a twenty two foot sloop rig. Like it's a and it's 
it's fairly sleek. Like it's kind of a racing boat. Way so bigger than a car. It's way bigger than a car. But, but like, like yeah. not like an ocean going vessel. No. Like a cruise ship or something. So you're yeah. very like, I'm in a boat and the water's like inches away. Yeah. You can just reach over the side and dangle your feet. In but like for some reason, all of the things that really freak me out conceptually yeah. and in other situations about water, especially deep water, especially dark deep water, just for whatever reason, I'm having such a great time on that little boat. I don't even care. I'm just yeah. like, yep, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> like my heart rate didn't go up or anything. Yeah. This is kind of funny too, because I was expecting when I went up in our friend's airplane, Yeah. Um, it was the type of thing where I thought, oh, this is going to be a spectacular death if we don't um, do this right. Uh-huh. And uh, I, sh- I should have been afraid uh-huh <laughs> and i should have also been like super sick to my stomach yeah but i wasn't uh-huh and it was amazing and one of like the top five experiences of my whole life was flying around like a fucking bird yeah in an aerobatic aircraft uh-huh like not very high above the ground and riding thermals up the sides of mountains and stuff it yeah. was nuts yeah but I was expecting going into it. I was way more nervous going into it than I was when I was in the airplane. And I, at some point I noticed like my hands weren't even sweaty. Right. Like my heart rate wasn't up. My hands weren't sweaty and it didn't bother me at all to like go upside down and sideways. Like I didn't yeah. lose track of where we were and stuff. And I was like, man, in a different life. I kind of like learned how to do this. It would have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like way too old now. Yeah. But it was quite, fa- quite fabulous. And I think about, um, how I have a whole set of like experiences that I don't have words for now. Right. And I have right. to somehow invent them. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's an interesting relationship between feeling and language mm-hmm. or like rhetoric to describe like what your feelings are. Yeah. Um, cause it can help you remember them and then feel them again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's why it's helpful to talk about it and to kind of try to express how you feel. Yeah. 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 Uh, do, did we get any word from the research team? Are they um, ready for us yet? What time is it? It's, um, well, we've been at it for about 30 minutes and we've got, did we did the research team send you something? I feel like we were looking at something. Oh already. yeah. Um they here it is. Ding. Uh is this is this it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I feel like Yeah. You know what? This is it. Sorry. We've been at it a while. It's getting a little late and yeah. I'm kind of getting punchy over here. Mhm. <laughs> Um, plus the whole time zone thing. It's like, what time, what, what time does my brain think it is? Yeah. Uh, so the first, uh, the first color that, um, we have to discuss today is actually really appealing to me because it looks like hot chocolate that you make with milk. Yes. Yep. And the name of this color is indicative argumentation. Such a good name. The red green blue numbers values values are 159 which is the amount of red in this in this color yeah 106 which is the amount of green and 75 which is the amount of blue so 159 106 75 yep and the hexadecimal number if you go to a search engine and just type in what I'm about to say, it will display the color we're talking about. So hexadecimal is the same thing as the pound sign or hashtag. Yep. Nine F Foxtrot six A Alpha four B Bravo. So hashtag nine F six eight four B. Yeah. And it's like this lovely mellow warm brown yes. color yeah. that looks totally like when you make Swiss Miss with milk instead of water. Yeah. The water has kind of a weird consistency to it and so it 
has yes. like three dimensions, whereas the milk just makes it like all one color at the surface. Yep. Yep. It would be this color. Yep. And then uh, the other color that goes along with it, this color um, totally jumps out at me, especially this color combination, uh, because this is like a seafoam green. Yep. Um, it's the color of a hen's egg if you get weird like heritage breed hens. Sure. Sort of yeah. like somewhere between green and blue. Yep. Um, and the title of it is Polite Linguistics and RGB values 43, 211, 167. Hexadecimal, hashtag two, B, Bravo, D, Delta, three, Alpha, A, seven. So two, B, D, three, A, seven. This one, so this with um, indicative argumentation, the two colors next to each other remind me of the game King's Quest three. Yes. Which was on the the floppy floppy Uh discs, the big five inch or whatever. Yeah, um, five and a quarter. Flexi plastic. Yep. And uh, you had to, like, you would move either up, down, left, or right through a screen. And when you ran into the margin of the screen, it would take you to a new screen. And it would have to load that new static screen that you could move within up, down, left, right, exit the screen. And, like, there was a swamp or a moat with, like, seafoam green. And everything around it was dead. And Uh so there was brown dirt everywhere. And, um, like at some point you encounter all kinds of creatures and people and mythological and stuff. And, um, like my whole thing with King's quest as with the Sims yep. is just to go on basically like a, ho- a homicidal spree. Uh-huh. And so everyone I encounter, you have to like actually type in the command in this game, you know, yeah. it's like kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it backfires and it's like, we'll kill you for wanting to kill them. Right. And so I remember that I never made it past a certain point in the game yeah. because I could never resist the urge to be like, just kill them. And then I would get killed every time. It was like, it was ridiculous. It would take forever to get to that point Uh because it was just a very slow loading game. Right. Right. Like you'd spend a lot of time on each screen as you try to solve the Mm -hmm. puzzle. And yeah. So, so this, this color combination totally reminds me of like the poison moat slash. Yeah. Whatever. And, or lake and swamp and shore with the dirt, dead dirt. Yep. Yeah. Also hot chocolate. Also hot chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so at least we didn't put this at the very end of the podcast this time. No, no, we didn't. And so, um, yeah, if this is your first time listening, thanks for listening. And we usually like to hear from people. Well, we try to remind people that we have an email address, and if they'd like to talk to us, um, send us an email. We've got a yeah. excellent executive assistant, Dana. You can email her directly, D-A-N-A at fcbm.io. Um, you can also just go to the website fcvm.io and you can find our contact information there. Uh, also, find other episodes of this podcast or wherever you've yeah. listened to podcasts. That's, um, yeah. I'm looking at your uh, Hobonichi Teko 2021 box over there. Yes. And I am realizing that it's getting very close to when I get my new Hobonichi for the year. Yes. Yeah. And transferring information from my old Hobonichi to my new Hobonichi is one of my favorite annual rituals. That's pretty fun. Yep. yep. Who will make the cut? Who will make the cut, indeed. So, is your birthday in my Hobonichi? I'm pretty sure it is. Yours is, yeah. Ed, but probably <laughs> yours is the only one. <laughs> Suck it, everybody. <laughs> Suck it. I just don't expect anybody to remember my birthday. Yep. So, I mean, I don't, I, like, as adults, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. Right. <laughs> Happy birthday. I'm glad you've made it another trip around the sun. Yeah. Um. Probably it's going to be a real rough ride soon. So. <laughs> right. Anyway, happy birthday. Anyway, for now. Birthday. <laughs> this next loop's going to be a little tough. And the one after that one. Yep. And then the one after that one, too. Yep. In fact. Yeah. It's not going to get better. Nope. It's just just going to steadily decline for a while. Man, I it's it's so heartbreaking to read these articles about 
the changes in our climate and then think back to when I was first learning about environmental damage and Mm -hmm. sort of the issue of humanity existing on this planet. Uh And it's like, man, it's just these all, all these articles are just like, yep. Remember that thing that we all said was happening and it was like a big deal. Yeah. And this is what was going to happen. And now we're at that point where, and this is what's going to happen. Yep. And everyone, you know, everyone was like, this is bad. Don't go in that direction. Bridge out ahead. Bridge out ahead. Turn around. Stop the train. Get the fuck off the train. Yeah. And so a select few people were like, yep, we're getting the fuck off the train and built themselves rockets, shot themselves (laughs) into space. (laughs) Right. Um, I got a forwarded an article today about some former employees of Blue Origin who are like, this place is the most fucked up place to work ever. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was just thinking like, you can't, like a toxic culture like that doesn't accomplish things like reliably going to outer space and back. Yeah. And then I was sort of thinking about the cult of personality that is SpaceX. Yeah. And yep. like, uh, and like, I mean, that's a really cohesive team that accomplishes some pretty unbelievable shit. Yeah. And in no, order, it's, it's like amazing to watch in order for them to be that good, they have to yeah. be pretty tight. Right. And, that just seems to me like you need a lot of people who are very similar. Yeah. To each other. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um or at yeah. least share share a pretty strong a strong strongly held belief about cohesiveness or something like, yeah. you know. Yeah, it just sucks that we can't have like like I'm really excited about all of the amazing potential there is for the science that's done off the planet yeah. in microgravity. Yeah. to be used in ways that sort of jumpstart or like slingshot technology and medicine on the planet. Yeah. And the problem is that like people who are doing all of the work right now and making all of these leaps and bounds and advancements are kind of like not doing it because they're magnanimous. Right. And so it's working out now, but at any point, like all that shit is kind of proprietary and there's probably agreements on the back end and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, I just don't understand why like a couple of, billionaires can achieve things as individuals and i realize that's a huge reduction there's massive armies of people behind these people making these things happen sure but like how the will of individuals and their individual power yeah can like get that shit into space whereas like our country can't collectively accomplish that through like political will yeah and shit right (laughs) right like uh i don't know yeah got a lot of feelings about that one yeah 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 because i really want to go to space yeah no i And a couple of other things that are commercial have worked out for me in ways that are not what I would prefer to have the world, the state of the world be, but like some of the medical stuff that I've worked out to help with some chronic issues that I have are things that I finally was able to research and access through essentially through commercial means because there was no path forward in traditional like medical and insurance arrangements right like what the fuck yeah and so just because i happen to have money to spend on a commercial item i'm able to 
influence my own health outcomes in ways that people haven't been able to do before. And I'm just thinking about how many other examples of this there could be with other types of technology and other yeah. avenues of access. But uh, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's interesting to be outside of the insurance system or have been outside of it and back in it. Yeah. Like I didn't have health insurance for many, many years. Right. Yeah. Me and you. Yeah. Yep. And it didn't mean I didn't have health issues. It just meant that I paid out of pocket for them. Right. Yes. And that's so exactly where I was at too. And suddenly you realize like how fucked up the system is. And also like, how difficult like so much of the time when you're on insurance it's like you really have no choice if you're to use your insurance at all right and it's like okay well then you're gonna you know this is the doctor that you have and this is the system you go through and it's just mm-hmm. yeah and you're like oh but well, what about this and it's like well we don't cover that because that's you know and sometimes that's good right and other times it makes no sense right I mean, like insurance companies cover weird shit like acupuncture and garbage. Yes. Totally garbage useless. Take some sugar pills. You're right there. You're the best acupuncture you've ever had in your whole life. Yeah. Uh, out of sheer desperation when I was having all kinds of nerve yeah. problems, I yeah. was like, all right, you know what? This is stupid. I don't even care. I'll try anything. Yeah. I did not like it. Yeah. I was like, nope, nope, yeah. nope. Like this is... This is a hard, out of all of the things where I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm uh-huh. still yeah. a little bit. No. It sounds amazing. Like the way you, like the way it's described and like all of the shit. But when you look at it, it's based on a system, of just garbage. Yeah. Magic. Well, yeah. And there's like all, all kinds of, I, I was aware that it was of very, uh, what do you want to say? Dubious utility. Yeah. Um, insofar as there's nothing clinical or falsifiable, yeah, there's no data of any kind backing up its efficacy. Right. But then you also told me a bunch of other stuff that I didn't know about, like above and beyond that particular example of yeah. like how, like the phrase traditional Chinese medicine doesn't fucking mean anything, right? And like doesn't actually refer to anything that you can define or point to or categorize, and right. like uh. Uh, just all kinds of stuff. And, um, it's, it's it's an industry backed by an entire powerful government. Right. It's there is one government that's interested in pushing to TCM or traditional Chinese medicine, yeah. which is based around acupuncture and and other garbage. And it's like it's insane how much of a grip they have on it. They have whole systems for churning out academic papers that are in support of it. Holy shit. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. That's so crazy. It's yeah. like a cabal. Yeah. No, it's nuts. Um anyway. Yeah. Um what else we got? Uh I don't know. I mean, let's you know, let's rants and raves and call it good. We made some um really good pizza. We did make some good pizza. Well, we we ordered some really good pizza, but then they forgot some of the ingredients that we yes. asked for, and so then we went shopping and bought some other ingredients and added them back, and then uh-huh. we were satisfied. And yeah, so that was the thing. We made, we rescued the day. We rescued the day. I really like um, ricotta on pizza. Yeah, my late night like, hey, you should go to bed, but I'm gonna misinterpret that signal as I think I need some pizza. Uh huh. That's happening right now. <laughs> And luck- <coughs> luckily, we have pizza for that problem. We do have pizza for that problem. We have a pizza solution. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, we also got another pizza with jalapenos on them. They were really hot. Those jalapenos are the hottest fucking jalapenos. Holy shit. They are. I mean, you have in your fridge now, and yeah. we have plenty of times had at my house in Minneapolis and yeah. elsewhere, some of the concoctions that I make with habanero peppers in them. Yep. And those... Habaneros are not anywhere near as hot as those fucking jalapenos are on that pizza. They are like, melt your face off. Yeah. I am uncomfortable right now. This is so hot. And that fucking sauce, that hot sauce that we have. Yes. 
that's made with ghost peppers yep. and like buchalokia peppers yep. and habaneros. I mean, that shit's hot as fuck. Yeah. And those uh, those jalapenos on the pizza, I'm pretty sure hot are they as just hot as that. Fucking bite you. They're awful. I am yeah. not a fan of the experience of jalapenos is so unpleasant. <laughs> I think I love them for the same reason you hate them. They're just so fucking painful and punchy and like they remind me of like those atomic warhead candies yes. where you just it's unnecessary. You could just get regular candy, uh-huh. but you're going to subject yourself masochistically to yes. this yes. like tooth enamel degrading punishment <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then eat a bunch of candy sugar right after that. It's uh-huh. like this is just a recipe for fucking tooth decay. Yep. It's fantastic, though. Yeah, and a bunch of kids pressured me into eating them, and I was like, I will, and I won't even make a face. And it was so sour. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> it's like, how tough are you? It's like, tough enough to eat an atomic warhead without making a face. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have, I and mean. And what are you doing with your life? Well, uh, right now. <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> but I mean like you're a six year old who can fucking eat mm-hmm. an atomic warhead right you're yeah. tough as you're tough as balls look you're at you tough as balls <laughs> my my nose is running just thinking about those warheads <laughs> well I think it's actually from sneezing little Pavlovian response yeah my psychosomatic um, yeah your warheads. Like, oh, warheads, blah, it's saliva just, everywhere. It's like the it, my, our no, my nose has a flop sweat the way that you and I get a flop sweat if like the slightest yes. thing disturbs us, <laughs> it disturbs our peace. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> like a squid, but yes. without ink, you know? Right. Just like dispense. Dispense. <laughs> I was uh, I was reading like something about like something on twitter or something and somebody was talking about uh uh getting squirted by the the sanitizer the hand sanitizer bottle like Mm -hmm. getting it on your clothes or something because the pump like spurts it out too fast yes and um and now i don't remember why i was going to tell the story oh (laughs) well i don't know now i don't know what how it's related it is a little late We've we've been going for so long. Like over the last few days, we've done so much work. Yeah. And just kind of like running out of steam at this point. Yeah. Um, And also my brain is like, that problem would be fixed if you just have some of that pizza I keep telling you about. (laughs) (laughs) But the pizza though. But the pizza. Um, I saw a cute black cat today in your yard. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. And then the owner of that black cat was like, hey, from behind me. And I was like, note to self in the future, look around for creeps. The next time I see a cat that appears to be alone, it may be a trap. (laughs) It may be a trap. That cat's not a cat. It's a trap. Oh, that's so funny. All Uh, right. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you uh, get some sleep. Get some sleep. wash your hands still wear a mask like i don't know what else to tell you i know i know that there's at least a couple of people who listen to us to fall asleep which i think is like a compliment because yeah. most of the people we identify with are real high strung yes. <laughs> yep. so you know like yeah hope you get some sleep tonight yeah definitely we're gonna eat some pizza and go into a diabetic coma and that is our sleep plan nice sleep plan i'm on board with this let's do it Yep. All right. Okay. Goodbye.